0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello,
1: listeners. This is Father Michael. Today is Mother Natalia's episode. We are talking about service to the hungry, thirsty, strangers, naked, ill, and imprisoned, all as inspired by and mentioned in Matthew 25. We are joined by One of Mother's good friends, James, who's a seminarian for the Diocese of Cleveland. Um, He's been reflecting upon this for years and has been writing down his reflections, so he's gonna read those to us prayerfully. We hear how our service to the needy is especially helpful for those who are closest to us and how we need to fight for that and work for that. Also, we talk about the dignity, the hope involved in all of this. And I explain again, maybe if I have done this before, By my nickname given by Father Nathan Goebel was Princess Peach, the positive and the negative. If you're a hashtag banter hater, skip ahead about nine minutes and 12 seconds after this introduction.
0: Glory to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Glory forever. (laughs) It's a great start. Um, You didn't even say Glory forever.
1: That intro was was James saying, "I have resting for the Michael." <laughs> That's
0: true.
2: Full disclosure: I did not realize that we were recording. <laughs>
0: you know, he's tried to. I should have told you that the clock shows up at the top. I didn't tell you that part. Um, he's tried to uh, do things like that to me before. Like he'll say something, and then you can do it pretty well with the Zoom recorder. Like when we record in person, mm. um, he won't tell me that he started it really recording, well. and then he'll. Uh, yeah, um, or oftentimes before he hits record, he'll say something to make me laugh, and then just wait for the. Um, it's really hard. Anyways,
1: well, I used to do this with Father Nathan because on my old podcast, he couldn't see the countdown, mm-hmm. so I would. He would just be like singing to himself, and I would just hit record. <laughs> <laughs> As a lot of the beginning of Catholics, it was just him singing, or there was one time. There was one time I sent a like a a GIF to the whole crew, to like the entire companions, and he didn't check it for days. Like we have this banter thread where we just make fun of each other, and he didn't check it for days. And there was a, so I sent it, and it was just this this uh picture of Wario from, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Wario, and it just like, Wario was, was bare chested, and someone put like it looked like a real New York Times article, and it said, you know, does Wario have nipples? And it was like an expose, and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, Wario was his nickname in The Companion, so I just put, <laughs> I, I put, um, Goble, can you confirm, question mark, I'd like to all the companions, right? <laughs> and so... So then, like three days later, we're sitting down to record, and it's just downtime enough where he just starts to start flipping through his responses and the companion's thing. And he just bursts out laughing. Because I knew that was exactly his sense of humor. He bursts mm-hmm. out laughing, and I just hit record. And so the first, like, literally two minutes of one of our recordings <laughs> is just him laughing hilariously. <laughs> and I didn't know what he was laughing at. I just knew he was laughing, and I realized it later on when he turned it around and showed me. It's like, oh.
0: Weren't you Princess Peach? Yes.
1: We all had, James, we all had. Uh, <laughs> we all had <laughs> mario kart names <laughs> mm. all given by Gobel. and um they were they all had a i think i've shared this before so sorry if you guys are hearing this again but we all had like a, oh that's that's a good reason to be named wario or mario or luigi or you know and and then we had the one that he didn't tell us that was the insulting reason why we were called that name and so oh yeah. So he told me he decided that I was princess and he went through all of them. He decided I was princess peach. And he's like, what? He was like, because you could be locked in a, in a tower and still be perfectly happy. Like you, you, like you're happy anytime you're joyful. And I could not convince him to share the negative one with me. He didn't tell us he had a negative one. I just heard it from him about other guys. He's like, well, yeah, but it really means this. And then he's just like, yeah, you're just very well loved and taken care of. Like. Like a princess, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I can't really argue with that because my prisoners love me dearly and would give me cars and shoes and pants and cassocks and vestments and all these things. So I get it. That's true. Shampoo as well. <laughs> oh. Lots of lots of beard shampoo. Beard shampoo. Uh, Actually, I have a one of our my friends.
0: Wait, before brothers. you move on, can we? Since this is an audio only podcast, can we clarify that? Like. You're Father bald. Michael's
1: bald. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing they knew that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we should clarify. But he has a very manly, thick beard. So you got to use shampoo somehow.
2: <laughs> and a very deep, very deep voice. So deep Radio yeah. voice.
0: Do you, you sound like you're still sick, though. Are you still sick?
2: Maybe a little bit. If uh-huh. I am, it's been like two
1: weeks, so I don't think I'm contagious.
0: But. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care if you're contagious anyways. You're... But I want to shout out
1: to Andrea Polito's brother who has a company called The Bearded Savant. You guys should look it up, The Bearded Savant. And I I don't have any stuff to go on my beard right now, but I'm going to buy some more from The Bearded Savant. And you can hold me that too and help me do that. (laughs) (laughs) You want to sponsor us, Bearded Savant?
0: (laughs) Or you have a 15 second (laughs) commercial? (laughs) Um, We're not doing commercials for our podcasts. I veto that. Right now.
1: so Except for Christ the Bridegroom Monastery.
0: But you yeah. can give, yeah exactly, <laughs> our monastery <laughs> gets commercials all the time. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, you can give as many shout-outs as you want though, so there you go, uh, great.
2: Not, so not having commercials is great because um, I dislike commercials more than I dislike banter. So,
0: James is a hashtag banter hater, <laughs>
2: hashtag banter hater. But I listen to our banter, five minutes and yeah. 11 seconds in. So, <laughs> <laughs> <this> is,
1: <laughs> we're, you're doing what you hate.
2: <laughs> you have become the very thing you swore to destroy.
0: <laughs> That's from all Star Wars. Thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, mother, mm-hmm. you're learning um, Star Wars. I am. I think I think I've will. seen
0: the first three of them now. We watched them during Bright Week. Okay. So, is that in one of the first three?
2: It is in the uh, prequel trilogy, (laughs) so...
0: Then I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah,
2: Revenge of the Sith. Uh, But it is uh, number three, uh, to make it confusing. (laughs) Um, I
0: saw episodes four, five, and six, is what I mean. Uh, So now that um, we're already, like, six minutes in, we can maybe introduce James, because Father Michael and I know him, but a lot of our listeners do not. Some of our listeners surely do, uh, but... That's that. James is um, a seminarian from the Diocese of Cleveland, and he's currently in his internship year at St. Michael the Archangel in somewhere. In Cleveland. Cleveland. Mm -hmm. It's Cleveland?
2: Yep, it's Cleveland. Oh. I've heard of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Really? Cleveland. Cleveland. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, how have you heard of his parish? <clears throat> um, but it's named I almost just said it's named after you. It's named after your patron. So there's that. And uh the some of you have heard of James before though, because I told a story on one of the episodes about how um When we were hiking 14ers in Colorado, on the second 14er, I got super, super sick. And I was with a deacon and a seminarian um, who very politely turned their backs whenever I had to vomit. And uh, James was the seminarian who was on that that Uh trip hiking. This is true. Um, So James is the one who uh, had the realization that I needed more salt. And made me eat salty things, even though I was being probably very unkind yes. and yelling at him, <laughs> yes, and yelling at him about how I didn't want to eat those things. So, is that accurate?
2: Yes, <laughs> I, I uh, took it all with great charity, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, still made you eat those salty things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. I found a common disposition among mothers' friends are his patience. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're welcome. <laughs> what can yes. I say except you're welcome? Yes. <laughs> she,
2: yeah, she she certainly <clears throat> helps us grow in patience. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, and charity and all of the and things. Charity, all the things. Um, maybe it's that you guys are already patient people, and then Jesus puts you in my life because He knows that I need people in my life who have patience. Do you feel like yeah. if that, there was just silence? So that's fine. No,
1: I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I do. It seems weird because I at I, at some point in this conversation, I want, I want to let people know that we're halfway joking. <laughs> um,
0: halfway, <laughs> for those that, that, that don't know
1: us um, about ribbing on mother, but. Um, but yeah, I, patience is one of those things where i I do have to acknowledge the great gift that God has given me of patience. I'm sure James is the same way, mm-hmm. while at the same yes. time saying I don't, always, I don't always put it into practice and could certainly use more Lord if you're listening. Does Jesus listen? I think he does. Yes. If, if you listen to this podcast, Jesus, I could use more <laughs> patience. Thank
0: you. <laughs> um, I think Jesus hears everything that you say there's even I've heard somewhere before something about how even the things that are done in darkness will eventually come to light um so that's got to include this podcast. I don't know why yeah, that just came word. out of my mouth. Is that, was is, weird. That, is
1: that Chesterton? I think it's Chesterton.
0: <laughs> it's the Bible, if you don't know. Oh, listeners. Okay. <laughs> it's the Bible. Uh, great. Speaking of the Bible, that's a great segue into why my dear friend James is on our podcast, um, because of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So James is... Oh, I should say that also um, James is... Tag-teaming with Father Dufresne. Was that grammatically correct? Tag-teaming with Father Dufresne. I think so. I think it works. Um, in teaching me Spanish. So mm, they're primarily the ones I'm learning Spanish from. And also, uh, Father Deacon Jonathan is now sending me a uh, daily prayer in Spanish. Did you hear about this?
1: No, but um, I want him to do the same thing for me. I know he listens, so can you do the same thing for me, Father Deacon? Because
0: yeah, just start CCing, a, Father Michael.
1: Yeah, just CC me. It shouldn't be that hard. Let's see how many days streak I'm on a Duolingo.
0: Whoop, whoop, whoop.
1: Sorry, it's taking a while.
0: He's I'm going to recommend something to you instead of Duolingo later, but I'll do it later.
1: Duo's got to dance. Okay. Um, One day,
0: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Great job! Thank you, thank so, you, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, James <laughs> it's is better than zero days. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. James, the the parish he's at for his internship is um, primarily Spanish speaking. Yes, um, and so he does a lot of speaking Spanish, and he's helping me practice. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yes, it is eighty percent Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. So Puerto Rican Spanish has a different flavor, different flair. So mm-hmm. it has been quite the adjustment mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. me these uh, past couple months being there, mm. but we're we're getting there little by little. Po- uh, poco a poco. Do you have Spanish speaking in your family? I do not. Did no. you grow up with it? Oh, you nope. d- you learned. Nope. Okay. Yep, I uh, learned it in high school and then college, and then uh, spent a uh, summer down in El Salvador.
0: Nice. Um, so Spanish, that's great. Also, James and I bonded. Uh, actually, probably the first thing that we bonded over, the first person that we bonded over, was Blessed Pier Giorgio Frasati. So James no. brought um, with him, uh, only Father Michael can see this, sorry listeners, but um, a holy card and relic of Blessed Pier nice. Giorgio for our recording. So yes. we have that here.
2: Because it is very apropos to our conversation. Yes. Yeah, Pier Giorgio. Okay. Yeah. I believe we were introduced um, like by like someone saying, like, hey, you love Pier Giorgio. Um, you love Pierre Giorgio. Was that Father Patrick?
0: Tom. Because he does that. I think
2: it might have or, been Father Patrick. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um, he does that to people all the time. He's mm-hmm. like, you two need to be friends. So, <laughs> um, and it worked. Yes. I may or may not have initially uh, liked Pierre Giorgio because I saw a picture of him. Uh, that might have been the initial thing. But then it's later, it takes. yeah. But then later, there was just, I learned how really wonderful he is. So um, James and I were talking recently um, about a reflection that he had shared with me that he had had on Matthew 25. And Matthew 25, um, James, I think at the time, didn't even realize that that was part of uh, this ministry that Father Michael and I are a part of. So Father Michael and I started this nonprofit called Fotina, uh, which is, Fotina is the name given in tradition to the woman at the well, but um, part of our nonprofit um, includes what we call our Matthew 25 ministry. And we'll go over what that passage is, but James didn't even, I think, know that we had this Matthew 25 ministry, or he'd only heard me allude to it kind of vaguely, and his reflection very much related to a lot of my own prayer on Matthew 25 and I thought it would be really cool to share it because it's a beautiful reflection, but also um, as a way of kind of cluing people into some of what we're doing with Fotina because some of our listeners support our nonprofit, Fotina, um, which Fotina also is how we do this podcast. Like, that is how we pay for our equipment and our software and all of that. Um, And I thought it's really appropriate. Okay, so Matthew 25 um again I'll read the passage in a second, or I'll have James read it because he has such a nice radio voice. But um so I'm gonna have you read the passage in a minute. Okay. Uh but it's um to summarize, it's the the um hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, ill, imprisoned, like um what you've done for the least of my brethren you've done for me. Uh this is Jesus speaking. Um, this is Mother Natalia speaking, paraphrasing Jesus actually. And I only realized this morning how really appropriate this day is for recording this podcast because today in both East and West, I believe, uh, we celebrate St. Nicholas and St. Nicholas um, obviously like lived this passage out to the full um, and is, is very much known for his, his charity, but then also the Um, the reading that we have, the gospel reading we have for um, the liturgy for St. Nicholas is the Beatitudes. And that's really appropriate as well because blessed are the poor and blessed are those who hunger and thirst and so on and so forth um, is very related to this passage. And Pier Giorgio is called by St. John Paul II, the man of the Beatitudes. And so all of those things are really great.
2: It's all connected.
0: Yeah. Um, so can you just, James, um, read um, Matthew 25, maybe 31 to the end? It's, a, it, it's kind of long, but it's great. Just do it.
2: Okay. Thanks. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink, a stranger and you welcomed me, naked and you clothed me, ill and you cared for me, in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When do we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you. What you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison. And you do not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them. Amen. I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Amen.
0: Thank you. Uh, so as I've, I've been praying with this passage a lot over the past year or so since we've started Fotina, um, because of our Matthew 25 ministry. So, um, the, the money that we have allocated for this ministry is meant to go to the hungry and the thirsty and so on and so forth, the naked, the stranger, the ill, the imprisoned, but, um, Father Michael and I both, I think, very much desire, um, for that to be, um, in, in ways that are not even always obvious. So certainly there have been times that like the other day, um, you know, there was someone who was asking for, for food or gas or so on. And, um, so I got her, um, a gift card to the gas station, a gift card to the grocery store. And then I also, um, just like got her some hot food from the gas station, but, uh, with Fotina money. So it's, it's definitely for the obvious things like that. But then as I've been praying with this passage over the last year, I, I've, the Lord has been showing me more and more of the kind of more subtle ways that people are hungry and thirsty and strangers, um, and especially i think a lot of this the the money um is going to go this month to um some some families of immigrants who just like don't have anything right now and um yeah to to welcome the stranger and help them to know that they are loved and and to see the lord in them and to serve him in them uh so because I've been praying with those things, I was very struck by this reflection that James shared with me, and I wondered if you would be willing, even though it certainly is very vulnerable, um, to share that on the podcast.
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay. Yeah, so this this reflection, um, yeah, so when, when I think about Matthew 25, um, I certainly don't view myself as someone who um, is like an all-star in living out Matthew 25. Um, for me, it is an extremely challenging um, and deep passage in the gospel and challenges me daily, um, especially uh, because the the parish that I'm assigned to this year for my uh, pastoral internship, St. Michael the Archangel in Cleveland, is very much in, in the inner city. And so we have opportunities uh, every day to uh, encounter Jesus in our brothers and sisters who show up uh, at our door or who who walk in our neighborhood, um, and so it is a very challenging um, reading for me. And so this this reflection, um, I, I keep it in a Google Doc so that I can add to it. I started it maybe three years ago uh, or so, and it, it certainly isn't a list of the the areas and the places that I have recognized Jesus, rather. Um, many things on this list are areas that, uh, upon further reflection, uh, areas and uh, places that I missed Jesus. Um, and so, uh, for me, uh, in part, it, uh, this this reflection is a challenge for me um, to say, like, okay, Jesus, I, I missed you here uh, once. Uh, help me to recognize you here uh, again. Um, other things on this list are uh, just areas where, uh, as I've come to, uh, to, to know and love Jesus more, areas that I believe him to be found. So um, then it becomes a challenge of, okay, um, you believe that I'm here. Uh, if you're in an opportunity uh, or an instance where uh, this is occurring, can you recognize me? Can you recognize me? So this, uh, this reflection is very much a challenge for myself. And uh, maybe it'll be a challenge for uh, any, uh, anybody who listens to this podcast. Um, but it is definitely the, the fruit of prayer um, and uh, a- actually a lot of prayer and reflection. So um, maybe if you have uh, an opportunity or um, yeah, are, are able to um, kind of uh, put yourself in a prayerful disposition, Um, hopefully, as you did when the gospel was proclaimed, um, yeah, to to receive this in in a prayerful way. So, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. When I was a prostitute and and a tax collector, you ate with me. When I was alone, you met and consoled me. When no one would listen to me, you lent me your ear. When I was judged by others, you did not pass judgment on me. When I was misunderstood, you sought to understand me. When I was a poor widow, you saw me as I put my two coins in. When I was wounded, you helped bring me healing. When we made eye contact on the street, you smiled at me and did not avert your eyes. When I doubted my self-worth, you reassured me. When something wonderful happened in my life, you rejoiced with me. When I was confused, you gave me clarity. When I held my sign on the side of the road, you rolled down your window smiled at me, shook my hand, asked me my name, and did what you could to help me. When nobody wanted anything to do with me because I was impoverished and my apartment reeked, you met me there and sat down with me. When my wrists were bleeding after I cut them, you bandaged them and loved me anyway. When I was rejected by my family for my sexual orientation, you welcomed me and showed me God's love. When you discovered my drug abuse and alcoholism, you did not look down on me and tell me to get over it. Rather, you looked at me, called me by name, put your arm around me, and sought to help me. When I was hunched over a toilet vomiting, you held my hair back. When my body was racked with cancer, you spent your nights with me, sleeping in a hospital chair. When my life was threatened, you were on the sidewalks praying. When others sought my life, you stood by my side and defended me. When I was judged, looked down upon, oppressed and mistreated because of my skin color, you became my friend, sought to understand my plight, spoke out with me against racism and did what you could to end it. When I was separated from my family at the border, you helped to unite us. When I believed that who I was on the inside was not the same as my body and gender, you helped to show me my God-given dignity. When I was a refugee, you learned my language, or at least learned to communicate with me, helped me find housing, supported me, and helped build up community. When you saw my, my handicap, you treated me with love and respect. When I was broken, you help to pick up the pieces to make me whole. I come to you in the form of the beggar, of the desolate human child in ragged clothes. As a suffering and crucified person asking for help, I may surprise you where I am found. I confront you in every person you meet, so as long as there are people I, Jesus Christ, will walk the earth as your neighbor, because I am Emmanuel, God with us.
1: Beautiful. Thank you.
0: Um. Yeah. I don't even. I. I don't even know what to say because it's just. Uh, like I've obviously read it and prayed with it before, <clears throat> and. Have been moved by it very, um, every time. Uh, so I don't even like have things to add or respond with. Um, I think that the beauty in it is summarized for me in the last part of what you shared, James, of, um, the words from the Lord. Um, of as long as there are people, I, Jesus Christ, will walk the earth as your neighbor. Uh, because I am Emmanuel. Again, it's just really perfect because uh, this is coming out probably right before Christmas. Probably like the week before or something.
2: Happy Advent. Um,
0: happy Advent, people. Right. Happy Nativity Fast, Byzantines. Uh, and um, because it's like we're all the least of His brethren, right? And so though we're called in Matthew 25 to be the ones who are feeding, to be the ones who are welcoming, to be the ones who are clothing, um, we're also on the receiving end of that. And so I think there's, there's just something very significant in that every person we encounter Jesus is in them in some form, as he describes in Matthew 25, because there are none of us to whom these things don't apply. Um, and it's just like, it's the opportunity to see in each person we encounter um, how this applies to them and where their need is and, and where the Lord is asking us to meet their need um, and where he's asking us to show them our need as well. Um, yeah, so I you don't know. I just love it. Thank you for sharing. You're
2: welcome.
1: Yeah. Before you started that, I was um, I was thinking how easy it is, especially for those of us that, you know, priests, nuns, seminarians, so much of our life is, is dedicated to the church and her works, and I think a little bit different for seminarians. My experience of seminary, I think, was too uh, academic loaded in a sense. Um, and I, I probably do not understand how much those academics help my daily life, but I wish I had had, even if we had to add years to seminary, um, would have had more time to process, you know, uh, loving troubled parishioners, leadership, governance, you know, work with the poor, making sure that all of our, 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 you know, uh, uneasiness with any aspect of ministry is, is worked out through experience. Um, but anyway, th- those of us who work in the church, I, I think it's very easy to think back and say, well, uh, I, I look through these these uh, Matthew 25. Um, aspects of where Jesus is. And I, I think of all the times I have done those things. I try to find ways to do it. So it is it, it's seemingly over pious, but I think it makes sense to think. you know, one of the times when I haven't done that. Um, and I think that's a really good practice if we're not prone to despair. Because a lot of people that we minister to, you'll see this one day, James, if you don't already, a lot of people we minister are very prone to despair. The people that come to our doorstep are the ones, and the ones who are, are filling our churches are generally the ones I think mirroring general society, who who you have to be more gentle with than you do convicting, and that's just the way our generation is. Um, but I do think, as a, as a personal practice, guided by a spiritual director, it is a very important to say, in what ways do I lack? As I told my spiritual director recently, I don't want to know anything else from you except how I can give myself better, how I can empty myself better, how I can love better. I don't, I I, I don't. I know many of us need to just know that God loves us and kind of have that experience. But, but I, I either God is distracting me from having that feeling or something, but I, I need to, I, I need to Princess extend- Peach. <laughs> Exactly. I, I need to, I need to um, empty myself more. And I, I, and I I want to do that. And so I was thinking this again, I was kind of correcting myself as you were reading that James um, at first, I think, you know, the beauty of this type of ministry is, is that, if I do it, if I help the hungry, thirsty, strangers, naked, ill, and imprisoned, then then Jesus is doing it. Right? I give one hundred percent; He gives one hundred percent. It's just like anything, any sort of ministry. It's it's me and Him, fully and completely. If I don't do it, Jesus is still going to do it. He's still going to take care of those people. It's just like when I gave a bad homily I just did last Sunday. I gave a horrible homily, and I apologized at the end, and I said, um I said, you know, I oftentimes say when I give a bad homily that that. I neglected you, but Jesus is not going to. Um, but I just want to reiterate that to you after giving a really bad homily, is that <laughs> I neglected you, but I promise you Jesus is not. So do not let, in other words, ask for the Spirit to guide you in something I said, even if it wasn't intended, or even something that happened the rest of the divine Energy to give you a word, to give you a homily, to give you a sermon for this Sunday. Um, and the standing is here. But I think there are times when if we don't do it, Jesus is, in a sense, um, he he he's able to in a transcendent way help those people. Mm -hmm. But there are people that starve to death in this world. There are people that that die lonely in a prison cell or die lonely on the street. You know that there are people that it is our responsibility to give these things to them, and if we don't, it's just like having a, a horrible father or mother. Right? Jesus is God, the father is our father. And so even if we have a horrible father, we can always call upon God, the father to be our father. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we are greatly handicapped by having a bad father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like God steps in and says, well, I'm going to go to your softball games, your football games, your baseball. Like that, that doesn't happen that way. So that there is a sense where. Where we have to understand that the church and the world is, is handicapped in a way, even though God can always transcend that and always will. Even if we neglect these people, God will always give them what they need, but usually in a transcendent way having to do with the kingdom of God. And, but we can, we can hinder, we can scandal so much that we need a millstone tied around our neck. You know, the, the, the church, we, I think it's, it's very convicting. It's overly pious to say that if we don't, Jesus is going to do it anyway. And, and therefore we just don't have the benefit of, of working with Jesus, but that's not always the case. I, I think there is a, there is a real mandate for parishes and individuals to, to look to this and do the type of soul searching that you did, James, in that, in that writing and, and do that frequently. It also, I hate to put it this way, I'm being a little bit harsh here, but I think it also, when we do actually get out in the world and do these things and get our hands dirty and spend our time with the poverty of time with people, it takes our mind off ourselves. You know, you, you actually turn to despair and and things like that, spiritual despair, of course, as we as we qualify every single time there's such thing as, as chemical depression, of course. And this feel free to discern medication with your spiritual director and your doctor and things like that. But in addition to that, that there there is a certain spiritual selfishness that we are all prone to that that can be alleviated to a certain extent by getting ourselves out of our own heads and getting our hands dirty in loving others. Um and putting ourselves in places where we can be loved. You know, I, I think the Beatitudes are, are a great complement to this because the Beatitudes, we're able to say, I'm the poor one. And in, in Matthew 25, I say, I'm helping the poor. So the, the, there's that give and take that we need in, in both of those Scripture passages.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's it's not just a matter of, um, like, I think the reason it, it helps us to feel better when we're in our own, like, self-focused state, it's not just a matter of, I think, being distracted and looking at someone else. It also gives perspective, right? On like maybe some of the things that I'm anxious about in my own life and that are getting me down are actually... um you know, subjectively, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, are are actually not as significant as some of the things that I'm aiding this other person with. But you and I had that conversation about someone, Father Michael, uh, that I was talking to you about who, like, we both saw this happen in their life, right? That they um were just like super down all the time. And they found someone to like really pour their love into, someone who needed their love. And it really helped them to like get out of themselves. And you know, I re- I re- that was like one of the first things that I remember in our spiritual direction relationship, Father Michael, um, is because for those who don't typically listen, you've been my spiritual father for mm, almost 12 years now. And uh at the, towards the beginning of that, like I was just really, I was really depressed. And some of that, um, was like clinical and some of it was just, um, I was like really self-absorbed and, uh, and, and so a lot of it was spiritual as well. And you and I were talking one time and you said, um, do you know what you need to do? And I was like, Please, tell me. Tell me what to do. I didn't realize at that point in my life that like you never just tell me what to do, unfortunately. And uh, I was like, just tell me what to do. I'll do anything. And you were like, you need to get over yourself. And I was like, you can't say that to me. Um, And... But it was true, and it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I don't think that we can just say that to everybody. Um, I'm not recommending that our listeners go around telling people to get over themselves. Uh, It was very much guided by the Spirit, and you knew that it's what I needed to receive in that moment. And so all of that. Um, But Yes. um,
1: Sorry, real quick. The nuance is so important with this because sometimes— we, if again, we're, we're, this is why it's so important to have somebody as spiritual help in your life, whether mm-hmm. it's a spiritual director or somebody on your life, because there's times when we do need to see and put it, be put into perspective our own pains by somebody else. But there's also times when we need to understand that we all feel pain in different ways and in different degrees. So mm-hmm. in some sense, I, because of the way God created me, I feel things much deeper than somebody else does. So, so even though they just had a hand cut off mm-hmm. and they're going to live their life, their life without a right hand, you know, and, and I just had my cat die. Like, you know, it, one may seem like, Oh, I need put in perspective. Like you're, you're literally just lost a hand. You have to work differently. You have to switch jobs, all these things. And, and you're, Crying because your cat just died. Yes, some people feel their cat dying mm-hmm. as deeply as other people feel their hand being cut off. So mm-hmm. sometimes it is. I don't know why those two images came to mind, but, I but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is good to say. And it, this is a good thing to test. I I need to. I let me let me learn about other people's struggles, including Christ's, and that may help me to to. Um put this in perspective, and sometimes i I need to understand that sometimes i this is a cross, and everybody's cross is is carried differently in different weights because I think the danger that the, when the devil, if we only focus on a very objective perspective, then the devil gets us to use that to judge others mm-hmm. and say it's not that bad like i other people have it so much worse than you, you need to stop whining about it and and that can be harmful and and just unchristian.
0: Yeah, we had a um a counselor lead a day of reflection for us at some point at the monastery and she said something that really stuck with me about empathy. She said, um, you know, we often think of empathy as um how would I feel if I were in that person's shoes? Um and she was like, that's not actually the fullness of what empathy is. Empathy is how would I feel if I were that person in that person's shoes? Um, and to really try to understand what they're experiencing, not what I would be experiencing if I were in the same situation. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's a really good nuance there, Father Michael. There's, there's one thing that I wanted to be sure to say on this episode, so I want to jump to that. Um, Because I think this is, wow, we're being like super harsh on this episode. That's fine. It's maybe people need it. Okay. Uh, Because this is also going to sound very harsh. I think that part of the problem with only taking this passage at surface level um, and just saying, like, okay, well, I'm gonna like send money to the, I'm gonna donate things to the food bank and then I'm gonna send money to this organization. Um, feel free to do that. P H O T I N A dot So Tina um, But uh, the problem with only doing that is I think that it can, in some way, it can at points, if we allow it to distract us from other calls to action. That that the Lord is is like trying to prompt us with, and the reason I say that is because when I when I was on my home visit a couple of years ago, I sat down with my my grandma, um, and I just like this is very humbling to say, but I think it was the the first time in many many years that I've like really um seen her and been attentive to her and open to her um in in the way that she deserves in the way that she's worthy of I should say um and it was really amazing to just like be with her and um hear some of the pains like I was just asking her about her life growing up and she shared things with me that she's never shared before and like She's crying and she's laughing and, and I'm crying and laughing. And it just was like so beautiful to share those memories with her and to, to receive her. And I could tell that she she felt seen and received. Um, and I was just like, man, I, I do this for people all the time at the monastery. And yet I haven't done it for my own grandma. Um, and... And it was just this like deep realization of, I mean, you know, there's the whole like charity starts at home, but there's very much a a truth to that of if we're if we're only acting outside of our household, outside of our parish, um outside of our local community, uh, then it can be it can be a distraction um for those things at home because we're like, we can tell ourselves, I'm doing the things. I'm answering Jesus's call in Matthew 25 because I'm donating to these things. Um, but, but James's reflection just reminds me of the need to say like, am I doing this for the person who's right in front of me? Am I doing this for the other nuns? Um, and like, Mother Petra's having a really bad day. Did it cross my mind to make her some decaf coffee? And then I didn't. Um, you know, and thing, things like that, like the very simple ways that um, we need to to see and love Jesus in the people who are who are right next to us. Amen.
1: I wanted to ask you, James, maybe to give you options, but I would love to either hear. I would love to either hear a story behind one of the realizations, like what I would love. To, I think um, what, what what made you what made such an impactful impression on you that you wanted to write it down, or like a story about how
2: you grew from when you began this ministry to the end. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, as I mentioned um, in the beginning, um, I I spent a summer down in El Salvador. So the mm-hmm. the uh, diocese of Cleveland has. To, to mission parishes down there. Um, and so I, I spent a, a month at each one. And um, going down, it, it was like my first real experience with like real poverty. So down there, um, especially in, in one of the parishes, um, it's, it's full of um, subsistence farmers. So maybe bringing in two to $4 a day um, to, to support their families. And um there was a lot of like um invitation on on um on the part of the Lord to like really um and uh, tangibly see him um there and um just and uh it um it became very easy to uh to see see Jesus and the people um because of the the joy that they um just uh, expressed with the simple things and uh, a very real and uh, earthy faith that they had. Um, when I was uh, coming back to Cleveland um, after that time uh, down in El Salvador, I, I had a prayer experience where, um, yeah, just just received in prayer, okay, you, you um, did a pretty good job um, seeing me down there. Um, can you recognize me in... Um, uh, suburban, middle-class uh, Akron, mm. Ohio. Uh, can, you, can you recognize me uh, in your siblings who, mm. um, at times, you, you don't get along with well? Uh, can you recognize me uh, in, in your brother seminarians who, um, at times, it, it, it can be a, a, a little more challenging uh, to see me there? Um, and so, like with uh, those uh, the, the, those prayer experiences, yeah, it it um, really just opened me up to like this passage in, in the sense of like, yeah, there's more than just the uh, like corporeal needs that people have. Um, so, uh, like, what does it really mean to be hungry? What does it really mean to be thirsty? Um, or the the uh, the the other things that are mentioned? Um, and yeah. Can, can I see uh, people there um, as as you were mentioning um, mother Natalia like um, can I like like really see that person um, as opposed to just kind of um, yeah passing uh, passing them on the street uh, or even just like in 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 our works of charity um, like when like maybe maybe someone volunteers at 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 uh, at a soup kitchen and we're we're doing objectively charitable, uh, charitable works, um, like actually, uh, tangibly feeding someone. Um, but kind of what's our, what's our disposition, um, when we're doing that? Um, cause it's, it's, it's one thing to, uh, give somebody food and, and to feed them and, and, and to take care of them for that day. But it's, uh, certainly another thing to, um, like as you're feeding someone, um, like my, my disposition, like I could be looking down on the person from like a, a position of, of superiority of like, yeah, um, you're, you're in this line and, um, like you're, you're in this line getting food and I'm reaching out to you out of my own goodwill. Um, I don't have to be here, but I'm reaching out to my, uh, uh, out to you in my own goodwill and this like, uh, sense or this perspective of, of judgment. Um, so like certainly in, in that case, like not not seeing the person. Um and so yeah, it, it's just like an, an uh extraordinarily deep passage of yeah, like okay, the like people have these uh bodily corporeal needs, but what about the spiritual needs too? Um like what does it mean to be hungry? What does it mean to be naked? Um, what does it mean to be uh imprisoned? Um and yeah, so I had I had, um, I had um, another um, really uh, unique experience um, at my parish um, about two months ago or so. Where so uh, my my parish is predominantly Puerto Rican, and um, many Puerto Ricans speak English and uh, and Spanish um, just because of uh, Puerto Rico be, being a, a territory of the United States or living in the U.S. for for some time. So. One of the unique challenges is I oftentimes don't know what language to use going into an encounter with someone, so um, at times I just have to assume. And so there was this, um, yeah, this 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 man who 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 I met uh, at the church, and I assumed English, and turned out he didn't know English, um, and so it was this kind of embarrassing, uh, awkward encounter with him. And so uh the the next week I see him again. And um it was like one of those like quick passing encounters I, I had um somewhere to be. So like I just couldn't have a long conversation with him. So I forgot about our previous encounter <laughs> and I, I assumed English again, like, hi, how's it going? And just receiving this like really blank stare <laughs> of like I don't know what you just said. I don't know what's going on. And just like this feeling of embarrassment of like, oh, that was, uh, yeah, that that was kind of embarrassing, Uh, both like embarrassing myself and embarrassing him. Um, And so I I found myself um, like the next couple of times that I saw him like distancing myself so as to avoid any potential awkward or embarrassing encounters Mm -hmm. with him. And it it wasn't until like... um, uh, like maybe ten days or, or two weeks after that that second encounter with him, that um, I, I was placed in a situation where um, I, I had to have a, a longer conversation with him because we, we, we were working on something together, and uh, so finally um, asked him his name, and uh, the the response that I got was. Jesus which is <laughs> Jesus in Spanish. So that's awesome. Like I I recognized it right away. It is 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 as, as soon as he said his name, I just had a big smile uh, because yeah, those like I um, denied an encounter or I just wasn't open to an encounter with Jesus incarnate because of being embarrassed of like of like linguistic things. Um and so yeah yeah the 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 irony was not uh, was was not lost on me there um yeah so like um encounters like that kind of um brought about some some of these um reflections that I had um i also had had, had a very um good uh, cr- uh, just uh, Christology professor um who like um did a phenomenal job of uh, connecting with us uh, uh, about Christology, or like just who Christ is, the nature of Christ, at at an uh, intellectual standpoint, but also a spiritual standpoint. He he did a a phenomenal job of uh, like bridging the gap between the head and the heart, and so he he challenged us in very real ways, um, and just kind of um, he 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 used this idea of like being uh elastic in 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 our in our uh, christianity um so like being open to being stretched and being challenged and he he certainly did that for us um and so like taking that to prayer taking this this image of being elastic like like a rubber band um and yeah like challenging myself of okay um where and how can i be elastic where and how can i be opened and stretched to seeing christ and recognizing christ Yeah. I think once we do that,
1: the, the beauty of it is that you, you make so many mistakes. Yes. I mean, like, 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 forgetting someone language, someone speaks is the beginning of it. Like it can be so embarrassing. I remember being a seminarian and seeing, seeing, going to a hospital room and I was with a priest and, and he kept on calling the son of the ill person their daughter. Because like Mm. the boy had a ponytail and like funny, the third time when he did it again, (laughs) I could see like the sheer embarrassment on his face and like the embarrassment of the mom and the embarrassment of the kid. It was just like, and I remember thinking, Oh my gosh. And yet he didn't stop. Like he just kept on pushing through and trying to love on the family and with a horrible embarrassment. i like, I would, I would have just walked out of the room at that point in my ministry. <laughs> I was like, I was only a seminary. I'm like, hey, done. I'm going to send someone more competent in. Sorry. You know, um, but he didn't. He just kept on loving. I was, I was like, this is. He brought them Christ, even mm-hmm. to kind of a great sacrifice of himself in the midst of his weakness. And I've seen that so many times. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so for someone to, for someone to love, you have to be willing. If, if you're truly going to grow in learning how to love the hungry, thirsty strangers, naked, ill and in prison, you have to be willing to mess it up. And like you said, James, like you have to be stretched in ways that are not just learning, but you learn through embarrassment, mm-hmm. through weakness, through vulnerability, through things that that you, you may, you may be called Princess Peach the rest of your life. You know, I mean, it, it's like, you, 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 you may get a nickname that, that carries with you but there, there's, that is so Christ-like. You know, it, it's so not being called Princess Peach. Of course, I'm just thinking of what
0: you're thinking, but, um,
1: but it, it is so, it, it is so Christ-like to say, I'm willing to carry the cross. Out of love, and it's not. just And this is going back to what you were saying, mother, so eloquently. It's not just about throwing money at a thing, even though that needs to happen as well. It's also <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs> it's also about being vulnerable in those situations and and messing up and being known for being over pious or saying something stupid to someone who's homeless or you know calling someone thinking someone's homeless when they're not. That's happened to me so mm-hmm. many times. You know, you 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 do these things, and it's like I'm just I'm willing to undergo that to learn and i I think that that's what the beauty of of real ministry is and what shows when someone is able to at least crack that door open to being christ-like is is the the risk of what can come from trying to learn how to love better
0: yeah and i i think that like i mean we've talked about my ministry of awkward before but uh Like, if I let awkwardness get in the way of doing good deeds, I would just, like, forever be not doing anything. Uh, But there's, like, there's, I I actually had just told someone, James, I had just told James this earlier today, that, like, I I was convicted by the Lord of a way in which my pride, um, like, my embarrassment inhibited me from a generous work for James that the Lord was asking of me and that I just didn't do because I was too prideful to do it. Um, but there is, I think that part of the gift of even experiencing that embarrassment when when we're in this place, when we're in the place of the giver, like in Matthew 25, um, part of the gift of that is like that humbling moment can help the receiver to feel like of equal dignity like the the dignity is equal but it can help them to to feel that truth um to experience that truth you know i'm i'm thinking of when i was a high school teacher and we had parent teacher conferences like i tried my best to not use um our our school was primarily spanish speaking and um i tried my best to not use the um the translator um the interpreter for uh um conferences with the parents and my Spanish was was horrible. Like I could speak very little. I'm sure I sounded like a kindergartner. Um, But the parents, like none of them were laughing at me because of that. They were all just so grateful that I was even attempting to use their language. And I think it gave them kind of a greater like they felt less small because um in this conversation like they certainly have the greater education right <laughs> um and uh yeah i think they that there's you know i was talking with one of the sisters about this the other day as well of um i recently had a conversation with someone who um had lost their baby their baby had died in utero um and and, we were, and then I was having another conversation with someone about um, who had just had a stillborn. And um, they were like really difficult conversations because I didn't know the right things to say, right? Like there are no right things to say in that situation. Um, and, uh, and yet I tried to talk to them about it because I've heard from mothers who have lost babies that part of the most painful thing is they can't even like process it with people because people are so scared to say the wrong thing that they just don't talk about it at all. And so we, they just like, we, I've done this as well. Like we just pretend like, we just like move on and don't speak of it. And, um, and we do that because we don't want to bring up the pain. Right. And we don't want to make it worse. And so we just don't talk about it at all. Um, which is making it worse. Uh, yeah, and so we can't allow like our fear, perfect love drives out fear, right? And so we can't allow our fear to inhibit our generosity or our charity. Yeah.
2: One of the things that I love about uh, Christianity um, is that humility undergirds everything. And I I say like that, that um, yeah, I, I say that I love this, and 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 I, I say it with a smile because certainly, like, um, just like, yeah, when when we pray for more humility, like, Lord is going to give us opportunities uh, where we have to be humble. We, you know, or yeah, we we get humbled, and so like very very much so. Like, yeah, hu- uh, humility is just a huge um, huge part in 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 all of this, and like as. As our, our roots go deeper in humility, like, the more, um, the more charity really flourishes and, 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 and blossoms. Um, so much so, like, the, the, the one line from, from Matthew 25 uh, really jumps out of me uh, of, like, the, the, the righteous, yeah, righteous people um, not even realizing that they were serving the Lord. Uh, when mm-hmm. they say, "Lord, when do we see you hungry? when do we mm-hmm. see you thirsty um so much so that that they didn't even realize it and so like I think it is uh extremely encouraging um because yeah it, it it's very easy to get down on ourselves um, about this of like yeah this this list that I have is uh, in part areas that I didn't recognize jesus um the uh the 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 one example um that I shared was an area that I didn't recognize. Jesus um, <laughs> and um, but I'm sure like um uh, maybe the Lord has his own list of like yeah remember- like you you don't remember this, but mm-hmm. here's where you recognize me, here's mm-hmm. where I was, and here's where you found me, mm-hmm. um and maybe it's in in uh like in those encounters with people of somebody who was hungry or thirsty for like a word of affirmation or. Uh, to be seen mm-hmm. or like a word of truth. Um, like, yeah, I, 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 um, like just think about, um, some of our, um, some of our youth today who like, like they, they say that, uh, this, this generation is is the loneliest genera- uh, generation, even mm-hmm. though like we're so connected. Um, but like maybe there, there've been instances of like that, that we don't know of, a time that, that we reached out and someone was seen um, in, in a way that like changed their lives. And like, yeah, when, when, when we uh, meet the Lord, maybe he'll say like, uh, maybe he'll, he'll offer that uh, as an example of a time that we saw him. Um, yeah. Which maybe this could be a, a, a springboard into another conversation of like, yeah, like, what does it mean to be thirsty? What does it mean to be yeah. hungry? Um yeah, in, in the spiritual sense.
0: Yeah.
1: I like, uh, I was thinking that'd be a good thing to put on thank you notes. Like, to quote Lord, like, you saw me this way and you stepped mm. in. Mm. In other words, I like, th- this is identifying you You actually observed the scriptural mandate in a way, and, I, and I'm thanking you for that. Mm. You know? That's beautiful. I'm
0: yeah. That but I, um, one time, Father, Father Steve and I were shopping for food for the um, fair that we had at the monastery, um, for which James was also present. It was very fun. We had a corn maze. And by corn maze, I mean we uh, went into the cornfield at dark across the monastery that we don't <laughs> own, and so maybe this wasn't okay. Um, Oops. And we'll it was out. dark and no, we won't. And very... <laughs> rainy and we all got like so muddy. It was disgusting. Anyways, we just all ran in at different points and then kind of ran around in circles and then had to find our way out. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but anyways, Father Steve and I were, um, we also had face painting and axe throwing. It was so fun. Father Steve and I were uh, at the grocery store to get stuff for the fair. And um, we're, <laughs> um, we're in the produce section and I see this woman working um, and I just like yell across the produce section in front of everyone you have a really pretty smile and as soon as it came out of my mouth I was like oh my gosh I can't believe I just yelled that in front of everyone I mean I can because I'm me but um, it was like I'm instantly my face is like beet red and Father Steve is just laughing he thinks this is very funny um, and he was like that was quite the distance that you threw that one or something and I was like I, I know um, and she just kind of like looks baffled and she smiles and says thank you um, and then Father Steve and I keep shopping and like 5 minutes later this woman comes up to me and she starts crying this employee that I had said this to and she starts crying and she's just like you just never know what what it means when when you say something like that to someone and I just I I can't tell you how badly I needed that and I can't even explain it and just I I just want to thank you for that and and she's just like weeping and Father Steve is very delighted and um and all of that, um, but it's like, that's what I was thinking of when you were saying, James, sometimes someone's just like, maybe they're hungering and thirsting for, for a word of affirmation, um, so I don't know. I think we tend to like, shove down those impulses because they're so weird and awkward, um, but maybe that's okay. Also be discerning, like don't be a creeper. Um, so there's that too, um, yeah. I don't. That's all I have to say. About that. And that, and that's
1: the thing too. Is like <laughs> if you may, you may accidentally come off as a creeper and horribly embarrass yourself, mm-hmm. and learn from that mistake when and when not to do it. But but there's something about that that risk that is sometimes. Uh, that's a weird example mm-hmm. to use for for the for taking a risk, but you know th- yeah. there's sometimes people that are really socially awkward. Sometimes have a little harder time doing doing these things even though they want to, and you just you do it. You you do it. You <laughs> you find in in your messiness, and uh, mother's getting pretty good at that over the years.
0: When I when I was a barista, um, <laughs> there was a guy who came in, and he just had gorgeous eyes. And and I told him I was like you have really pretty eyes, and he goes I have a girlfriend, and I was like I didn't mean that. I just meant that your eyes are pretty. But uh, anyway,s mm-hmm.
2: yeah, love. my ministry it. of awkward. Yes. Yes. and and love pushes through the awkward. Mm-hmm. Amen. So
1: yeah, I'd, I'd rather be someone who says a compliment than someone who has to yell out, I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend. <laughs> every single compliment I receive. I'd rather be in your place than his, um, <laughs> as far as dispositions go.
2: I, I am a celibate priest.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I want to say just one last thing, and then we can wrap up. Um, but uh, as as you were talking, James, about the disposition as you're like serving in the soup kitchen, um, I think there's also something to be said for... We can be more, um, the disposition of the receiver because we can be much more apt to give if the receiver has a good disposition. Um, but like we could just as well add to this list, like, um, I was grumpy and you served me anyways, Mm -hmm. right? That could be one of the, one of the ones. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I was grocery shopping with mother Petra yesterday and, um, the cashier um was like so grumpy such a bad mood um and didn't want to engage in conversation didn't want to even look at us like she's just very grumpy and the instinct there is to just like okay i only have to be here for 5 minutes i'm just going to get through these 5 minutes and like ignore this cashier and then walk out and move on with my life um but i was like maybe there's a reason she's having a really bad day like Maybe something horrible happened in her life this morning. Maybe she doesn't want to work this job, but she has to because it's the only way that she can pay for school. Maybe it's, you know, all of these things. Um, and so um, I I just, I said to her, I was like, um, I was like, oh, I think I want to throw a candy bar on. Um, what's, what's your favorite candy bar? Um, what would you get? And... Um, Mother Petra's looking at me like I'm crazy because it's a fasting season and I can't have a candy bar. Um, and so then she anyways, um, and the woman's like just kind of looks at me and rolls her eyes and she's like, I don't know, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Um, so I picked what would have been my preference. Um, and then I and then as we're walking away, like after we check out, I just grab it out of the bar, out of the bag, and um, and I toss it on the thing in front of her and I just said, Merry Christmas. And she like smiles um, and her whole face lights up and she's just like, thank you. Um, And it's like, maybe that was the thing that switched her disposition for the next five customers, you know, or something like that. And, but it's like, I I did not want to do that. Like I had to force myself to do it and it was worth it in the end, obviously. But it's like, we don't want to give to people who are grumpy and we're grumpy called to even do that, because maybe the giving will even help the grumpiness also.
1: Amen. Yeah.
0: So just and keep it that in mind. Don't only give to happy people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't, even if she was still grumpy after that, I think there was still, hopefully she says, look, someone tried to make me happy, yep. and the, hopefully that sinks in one day.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: We don't always get the results we want, but the, the, our Lord can still work through those things.
0: Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um... Any closing comments before prayer intentions?
2: Nope. James? Um Yeah. Um I think like um in addition uh, in additional depth of, of this passage is that you know sometimes sometimes I get thirsty, uh, sometimes I'm hungry, um in, in the sense of like thirsting for um for Jesus, uh thirsting for um uh friendship or thirsting for uh insert um like whatever there um and i think uh also like in it's it's in those moments that that we have an opportunity also to recognize christ in ourselves mm. um because he yeah he does say like when i was hungry uh you gave me food um and so yeah like like maybe um, like in in the sense of like yeah when when I was imprisoned like maybe um like in in uh, in an experience of just being overwhelmed by by some sin or just like feeling like really imprisoned by by a sin maybe it's something habitual um uh where, where you like you just feel like you can't get pa- uh, get past it um like I think in in a very real way like, Christ is present in and to, uh, in, uh, in and with you, um, in that sin. Um, and like we, we have an opportunity to like recognize Christ present in, in ourselves as well. Um, and to respond accordingly. Um, and, um, yeah, just, just, just another, uh, quick closing thought. Um, when when Jesus is is speaking to both the sheep and the goats, um, he's speaking to them in in the plural. Um, it's uh, not really conveyed in in the English. Um, it is in the Spanish, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like um, when when you or when when you all um, like uh, or yeah, when uh, when I was hungry, uh, you all fed me
0: y'all fed me
2: uh, y'all fed me uh, or ye or yin's um so in 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 a very real sense like yeah, we we believe um that we we are uh, the body of Christ and as, as the body we we work together mm. um, and so it, it's certainly not something that I do by myself or something that I can do by myself um and so yeah like it's uh also an opportunity and a challenge for us to uh, kind of get Get out of ourselves in another sense of like, yeah, can I serve alongside of somebody else instead of just always trying to serve by myself? So, Mm -hmm.
0: awesome. Thank you. Amen. Um, All right. Uh, Prayer intentions. No. Spiel. Father Michael, what do I do? I don't care. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um,
1: I think we or I think we decided this at one point, but I have no idea. I know. I no forget-
0: um, okay, I'll give the spiel so that we can go straight from prayer intentions into prayer. How about that? Uh, so um, if you would like to support our nonprofit, Fotina, you can do that on Patreon or on our website, which I mentioned already a couple times, so I'm not going to do that again. And, uh, <laughs> and um, we're on all the social media things. Just search for what God is not. Twitter is only Father Michaels at Padre Michael O. And um, we're on Goodreads. Uh, Our podcast is on YouTube, audio only. Praise the Lord. And um, you can email us, whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. And you can go to our website, whatgodisnot.com. And I think that's everything for the things, right, Father Michael?
1: I think so too, yes. Okay.
0: Um, and then prayer intentions, uh, I'm going to not give a prayer intention and I'm going to ask you all to use my prayer intention time to pray with this passage and ask the Lord, um, to show you, uh, where he is asking you to love the people in your life. Father Michael?
1: Um, I have... Three very quick ones. Um, sorry. Uh, the I, I had just experienced this past week. I have a, a family very close to me who's a first responder, and they just had to deal with one of the most horrifying situations in person that you could ever imagine involving children and other situations. And it, I I was thinking about it during this, during this recording, because the vulnerability of first responders are like, they have to go home and be normal and yet see the, they protect us Mm -hmm. from seeing the most horrible things. um, And they see them and experience them and help them um, so that we don't have to. And I think there's something beautiful about that. So pray for those who, who are vulnerable or, Put themselves at risk, and and for great humility, etc. For, for as part of a job, I guess I'll say that. Also, second, just pray for um, the Carolina Sheerden, who's a prisoner of mine. Um, she is so good at at like being a mom, running the house, doing all these crazy things, and yet she engages in conversation every single time I see her. Every single time, and it, there there's this amazing way that she's like an inspiration to me in saying. You know, I, I'm running around. I have laundry in this hand. I'm walking a dog with this hand. I have a baby on the front and a baby in the back, literally in a carrier. And, 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 and she sees me. She's like, how's your day? You know, this is so <laughs> exciting that this is happening to you. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like, I, I, I want to be able to do that as a busy priest be that better. So please pray for Carolina. And then also, um, just pray for those who we neglect. I think that's an important thing. Th- those who, who the church neglects, who we neglect, um, that somebody may come forward. And in, in addition to God's transcendent care, which he always
2: offers, but someone may come forward to, to offer that help. James. So Cleveland has always been a city of immigrants um, back in the day um, with, with, with the various European uh, countries, um, even still to uh, today. So um, like uh, in, in Cleveland, there, there are immigrants coming in from Ukraine, from Afghanistan, um, as well as from Latin American countries, um, some of these, uh, immigrant families we work with, uh, directly at, at our parish, St. Michael's, and, um, other, uh, immigrant groups, um, are, are helped out, uh, through, through the city or, or through other, uh, church groups. So, um, prayers for these immigrant families, um, that they may, um, yeah, just ha- have their needs taken care of, and um, so that they may um, not just um, not just live uh, or not just exist, but to truly live and thrive in the United States.
0: Thank you. Uh, thanks, guys. So good to be with two of the men in my life that I love so very much. So it's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, it has been a joy and a pleasure, and a. Yeah, a humbling experience.
0: To be recording with Joseph O'Loughlin's brother.
2: Joseph O'Loughlin's brother. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on, James.
1: It was great. I appreciate it. Okay.
0: Father, can you give us a blessing?
1: May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you have eyes to see those in need around you. May you have great joy in being Christ-like, seeking out and receiving and offering yourself and Christ to those who need you and need him most. May you have ever greater humility through ministry and in preparation for ministry, but also confidence and hope. May our Lord protect you from any attacks the devil that in any way bring shame or pride or blindness to the needs of others. May you be open to the risk of being misunderstood, or being embarrassed in any way, that you may truly serve with a purity of mind and heart. Um, and may God send you those who he knows you can help in his mind and those who are him in the world. May he also allow you to embrace your own poverty and be helped by those who he sends to you. I will bless all of you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy
0: Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.